0: of the Rockies Amity Campuses podcast. My name is Tyler, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm currently working on getting caught back up to real time, which means the sermon you'll hear today will be from our series, Wrestling with God. In this series, we'll talk about topics such as war, sin, and hell. Certainly topics many have wrestled over with God. So I hope this series gives some helpful insight for you, as you also may be wrestling with these topics. And just as a reminder, you can always check out our church, Cathedral of the Rockies, on our website and on our social media platforms. There you can see what is going on in the life of our church and even connect with us online. Links are in the show notes where you can check us out. And with that, enjoy today's sermon.
1: Is this to sound better now? I I had it kind of muted intentionally because the prayer was kind of rough. So (laughs) so we had no... Uh, Good to be here. It was was nice that Pastor Brian asked me to preach today. I have to say that uh, when he told me the, the topic, atonement, I hadn't thought about atonement or the theories of atonement since I was in seminary in the late 1970s. So... As I attempt to preach on atonement, I'm going to need prayer more than ever, so let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Gracious and most loving God, as we gather here, I ask you to guide me as I seek to preach and guide each of us as we seek to listen, that somehow, some way, through the human word, your divine word may be proclaimed and heard for your greater glory. This we pray in the name of God, the Creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, this is our scripture text this morning. It it wasn't in the order of worship, so I didn't... Here it is. This is John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? And John confessed. He didn't deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? Elijah. And John said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? And John answered, no. They asked, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John replied, I am a voice crying out in the wilderness. Make the Lord's path straight, just as the prophet Isaiah said. Those who sent by the Pharisees asked, why do you baptize if you aren't the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered, I baptize with water. Someone greater stands among you whom you do not recognize. He comes after me, but I'm not worthy to untie his sandal straps. This encounter took place across the Jordan in Bethany where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I picked that particular scripture text because here you have John the Baptist in the wilderness preaching and he is not the Christ. And they want to know, the people from Jerusalem want to know why is he doing that? If he's not the Christ, he's not Elijah, he's not a prophet. He's preparing the way for one to come. And then he has that statement, the next day when he sees Jesus coming, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But but that raises some questions. Here's some questions. How did Jesus take away the sins of the world? How? How does that happen? The next question it raises, you know, why did Christ die on a cross Another question that comes up, how does Christ dying make it possible for our sins to be forgiven? Or another question, if God is omnipotent, why couldn't God forgive our sins without Christ dying? Now, I don't know how you would answer those questions, but I will say that once you're trying to start to wrestle with this question's you're entering the whole area of atonement. Uh, atonement is kind of a way of saying we are at one with God. But here's the definition of atonement. We speak of atonement, our at-oneness or reconciliation with God. We believe that in ways that we cannot fully explain, God has done this through the mystery of Jesus Christ self-sacrificing on the cross and His victory over sin and the death of resurrection. I like that, in ways we cannot fully explain. So, what do we human beings do? We start to explain it, <laughs> and so and so. I think because at one moment I mean, there's a sin separates us from God. So, how does that reconciliation take place? So, one of the first persons that tried to explain it is. Uh, uh, Alexand- origin of Alexandria. Uh, he was in the, th- in the third century. And so he believed that the death of Christ was a ransom sacrifice, usually paid to Satan. And so we had to, had to pay, the, pay that debt off. And so God sent his son to pay Satan off so we could be at one with God. And, and I'd say for about 800 years, that was probably the dominant theory of atonement and uh, then uh, along in the 12th century we had uh, uh, anselm of canterbury raised the question he said why would god have to pay satan anything god doesn't owe satan anything and so what's i don't believe that ransom theory so he came up with his own theory and here's his theory Living in a feudal society when one has committed a crime, the offender is required to make amends or satisfaction to the offended party. There's no way finite human beings who sinned against infinite God can do this. So Christ, fully human, was the substitute to provide satisfaction and restore God's honor. Now see now he he Ansel lived in a honor-shame society. And human beings, because of our sin, has brought shame onto God, and how can we restore God's shame? And so, uh, Christ is, was death. It was to satisfy God's honor, to help him have his honor back. That, that's a theory called satisfaction theory. What, one of his contemporaries, Peter Abelard, who was a French scholastic philosopher, a poet, a musician, he said, that doesn't make sense. Why would a good God find satisfaction in watching an innocent man suffer and die? Why would that make God feel better to see his son die like that? And he didn't like that theory, so he came up with his own theory. He says... His is called the moral example of atonement. Christ's life, death, and resurrection shows humans that the true nature of love and turns them back towards God. Thus the cross speaks to us, but its power is enough to pull us in and atone. There is no transaction required by God. It's it's Christ. And see, also of all the theories... Anselm Abelard brought in the life and death and resurrection. The other theories just focus on the death and resurrection. He said that all of Christ's ministry that love draws us to God and and we we seek to connect with God and go back to God. That's how God removed that sin between us. And so we have the two theories that argue back and forth and uh, anselm's theory was the dominant one of the day abelard's theory kind of kind of of drifted away and so we have now that and but then a couple hundred years later uh, who says the church doesn't move fast a couple hundred years later there's john calvin and martin luther in the protestant reformation well we can't have a catholic's theory of atonement we have to have our own theory so they came up with a theory called the penal theory of atonement is that whenever there's a crime to have justice there must be punishment and so uh, there's got to be punishment so who's going to pay that punishment price who's going to pay that price and satisfy god's sense of justice well calvin and, and luther both said well it was God's. It was God's Christ sacrifice that paid the price for us, that paid the price for our sins, and made us at one with God. And, and that's where John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, kind of tied in with that theory, and he liked that theory. Okay, and then, and, 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 well, I thought there's more theories, and I thought I'd bring up you a newer theory uh, Gustav Allem, who is the bishop of the, uh, the Church of Sweden. And Gustav Allen, he came up with a theory of Christ the victor. He saw in the world that uh, there's a holy war going on and Christ is the one who won. Christ as victor depicts Christ's sacrifice not as a legal offering to God in order to placate God's need for justice, but a decisive moment in the war against the power of darkness. And you have this war going on, and Christ is victory, and that's why we are at one with God, that sin is no longer keeping us away from God. And there's other theories out there, and my temptation was to spend the next couple hours just going over one theory after another, after another, and and, and then make you choose which one you like the best. Now, one of the things that struck me as I was reading these, kind of reviewing them in my own mind, is that Every one of these theories find scripture passages that justify and prove their theory is correct. Every one of them have a little difference. There's some are some similarities between the others, but there's some real similarities between the two and there's some big differences between the two. But then what it dawned on me, they all come to the same conclusion that we are at one with God through Jesus Christ in ways that are mysterious that maybe we can't quite explain, but they all come to the same conclusion. Now the reality, I began to think, the one that speaks most to me, I know the one that spoke most to John Wesley, but to me, Peter Abelard's theory of, 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 of the amazing love of God that draws me to Jesus Christ. And I found this statement on the Internet, and it kind of spoke of my own journey of faith. And this is what it says. I'm not a Christian because I want the reward of heaven. I'm not a Christian because I'm running from hell. I'm a Christian because the character of Jesus Christ is so compelling to me that I want to spend my life chasing it, embodying it, and sharing it. That's, that's, that speaks to me more than any of the other theories of atonement. Because of the amazing love that I see through Jesus Christ, and, 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 the, and that unconditional love, that's why I want to follow. I, I'm not here because I want to reward and get to heaven. I, I, I'm not fearful of hell. My goal is trying to respond to the amazing love that I experience in Jesus Christ. And that's why I I seek to follow That's why I seek to try to to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. But then as as you think about it, in church history, how often we have differences of opinions or theologies and we fight and sometimes kill each other because you don't believe like I believe. I mean, you think back on all these theories of atonement, there were some pretty bitter battles between people who had different theories of atonement. And so often I think in the Christian faith it makes me wonder, do we sometimes we focus more on having the correct belief or the correct behavior? And how often churches are split because of difference of belief, not focusing on behavior. It's Richard Rohr, a Roman Catholic priest that I really like. He has this wonderful statement that goes like this. Christians are meant to be visible, the visible compassion of God on earth more than those who are going to heaven. If our only tribute is we're going to heaven and you're not, there's not a lot of Christian love in that at all. But then I began to think, okay, where can I find an example that I would say where Christian behavior stands out more than Christian belief. And then I went back through some of my old illustrations I'd had, and I found one that I just love. It's about Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela died in 2013. He was in South Africa. He was fighting apartheid. He was in jail for 27 years. And when apartheid was finally overthrown... Nelson Mandela, when he was on, he was elected president of South Africa, He was on the, uh, the, the stage to be sworn in as president. He invited his former jailers to come and be with him. Talk about reconciliation. And then what he did, he formed the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, headed by Archbishop Desmond Tutu and trying to heal the wounds of all those years of apartheid and hatred and violence in the country. And so the truth and reconciliation had certain rules that, that if you followed, you wouldn't be punished. If you were willing to meet with your accuser face to face, if you would admit to your crime and confess your guilt, you could not be put in prison or punished. And so there's a story that Philip Yancey tells that here was a commission being held and a, a, a police officer named uh, Vanderbroek uh, was there and he confessed his crime in front of his, the victim's para, uh, mother. He said yes. He had gone to the house, taken their 18-year-old son, shot him, and then burned his body. Then eight years later... He went back to the same house, took the boy's father, made his mother watch as they took her, her husband out, tied him up with rope, put it on a pile of wood, poured gasoline over his body, and set him on fire and made her watch. And so then the courtroom got hushed when this elderly woman goes up to the microphone and the judge asks, what would you like Mr. Vanderbroke, to do? She said, I'd like for him to go to the place where they burned my husband and gather some of the dust so I can give him a proper burial. Mr. Vanderbrook, with his head bowed, nodded yes. Then she said, Mr. Vanderbrook took all my family away from me and I still have love I want to share. I want him to come down to the ghetto twice a month to spend the day at my house, so I can be a mother to him. And Vanderbrook nodded his head. Then she said, "I want Mr. Vanderbrook to know that God has forgiven him, and I forgive him as well. And for I want him to know that my forgiveness is real. I would like to come and embrace him." And somebody in the courtroom started singing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But Mr. Vanderbrook did not hear it. He had fainted, overcome by it all. I don't know her theology of atonement. I don't know if she has the right profession of faith, but I do know her actions revealed and showed the love of God, of God in this world. I don't know how she was able to do that. I don't, that seemed impossible to do. But with God's help, she was able to. And a powerful testimony to faith in God. What Christian faith is all about. I mean, Mother Teresa has this one quote that I like. There is a light in this world, a healing spirit more powerful than any darkness we may encounter. We sometimes lose sight of this force when there is suffering too much pain. Then suddenly the spirit will emerge through the lives of ordinary people who hear a call and answer in extraordinary ways. That woman, an ordinary woman, heard the call and did some extraordinary things. In our world today, there's a lot of darkness and a lot of suffering. And you and I are ordinary people. And God's calling us to do some extraordinary things to help reveal and share that light with others. I think it's a good thing to think about atonement and how it works, because I think it's always good to challenge our journey of faith, to to try to struggle and understand and and see what speaks to us and how, how... But then the question is, even once you settle on a theory of atonement, if it doesn't make any difference in the way you live, you've missed the point. Well, my brothers and sisters, we have heard the call of Jesus, follow me. We have work to do in our world. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening today. Here at Cathedral of the Rockies, our motto is all means all, and we strive to truly live this out. You can help be a part of this by giving to us online. Here at the Amity campus specifically, we feed the hungry through our very active food pantry. Also, we are building up our children and youth programs so that we can serve all families in our area, and then also provide safe spaces for them to just be themselves. All means all. Any amount given is an investment that allows us to continue to serve those who join us in person and online and serve the growing neighborhoods around our church building. There is a link in the show notes where you can give online. Thanks again for joining us today and have a great rest of your day.